Shalom, brothers and sisters. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Fighting to Stay Asleep, brothers and sisters. Today, we're going to use scripture to highlight the devastating effect in ravaging and dismantling the lives that spiritual drowsiness has on our people, brothers and sisters. We're going to use scripture to contextualize the seriousness of spiritual slumber. Now, when you get into this truth, a lot of times our first thought is to, once we have a foundation, to run to our family and to our friends and our loved ones and to share this truth. But it seems as if our people are very resistant to the information for some reason. And what we're going to discuss today, brothers and sisters, is that it's going to take more than truth to free our people psychologically, brothers and sisters. It's going to take more than truth because... How many times have brothers and sisters pointed out a scripture to a family member or a friend? And even though it's plain as day, they're still not going to follow it. And I think we have to consider that. We have to consider why that is. It's going to take more than truth. Of course, truth sets you free. But we must become skillful at how we deliver that truth, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 29. We're going to start at verse 9 and 11. Isaiah 29, verse 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. This means, think about this, wonder on this. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Our people, brothers and sisters, are spiritually drunken. Not with physical wine, but with a spiritual wine, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger but not with strong drink. Right. So brothers and sisters, because of the sin of our forefathers, the Most High has allowed a deep sleep to overcome our people. This isn't a physical drunkenness that our people are dealing with. This is a a spiritual intoxication. Read the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 10. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the, the spirit of deep sleep. Read that one more time, brother. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. So how can we expect to awaken our people, brothers and sisters, without the light of Christ? We, it, it's going to take patience. It's going to take consideration. It's going to take humility because we're in a deep sleep that the most high allow. So this is the reason why when you bring truth, even though it's plain as day, Jeremiah 10, no Christmas tree, our people still reject it, brothers and sisters, because we're in a deep sleep. And it's going to take something spiritual more than truth. To break the psychological hold of this spiritual captivity. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. <clears throat> For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered. So the Most High closed our eyes. The Most High put us in a deep sleep, brothers and sisters. And we have to examine this because sometimes when we try to reveal truth, we do it in an unskillful manner, brothers and sisters. You, a scripture is not going to be enough. We must be considerate. We must be patient. We must have empathy, brothers and sisters, because what have happened to us in the past have future implications, psychological implications. And we have to have empathy as it pertains to that with our people, brothers and sisters. You can't go through the things that the 12 tribes have gone through and to think that you pointing out a scripture is going to break that spiritual hold on them, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, from the top, please. Verse 9, stay yourselves in wonder, cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. 
For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. And the vision of all is become unto you, as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. So when you bring these scriptures, sometimes it's not going to be enough, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we must consider the programming that took place in slavery. So we must consider that. We must consider the oppression, the psychological oppression of our people. And we have to have empathy, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 28 and 64 to show you some of those implications. We're going to Deuteronomy, brothers and sisters, chapter 28. We're going to read verse 64. Deuteronomy 28, verse 64. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there, and there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. Even wood and stones. See, so through our slavery, brothers and sisters, our people were taught new doctrines. They were taught new gods. They were taught new ways of worship, a new philosophy on Christ, brothers and sisters. This is what comes through servitude, through slavery, brothers and sisters. More so on the Judeans, Benjamin, Judah, and Levi, brothers and sisters. The, the stronghold on them is very, very strong. So we must be patient. We must be empathetic, brothers and sisters. We must be considerate. Truth is not enough. Truth is not going to be enough, brothers and sisters, to wake our people from the psychological prison that we find ourselves in, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Galatians in the New Testament, chapter 1. Follow us, brothers and sisters, please. New Testament, Galatians, chapter 1. We're going to read verse 6 through 8. Galatians 1, verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him. That called you into the grace of Christ unto an other unto an other gospel. To what? An other gospel. Right. See, brothers and sisters, our people were taught another gospel. Read that one more time, brother. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto an other gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. Right. There's no such thing as a, as a new gospel, brothers and sisters. There's one true gospel, but some have perverted that truth, and it's, it has a psychological hold on our people, so we must be empathetic. We must be considerate. We must think about what have transpired to our people over the last few hundred years, brothers and sisters. It's not like, okay, you know, I can just point out a scripture, and they're going to change everything that they've believed over the last 40 years or 100 years, brothers and sisters. We must show love, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Jeremiah. Actually, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Right. So our people, brothers and sisters, under captivity had no understanding that they were being taught a false philosophy of the enemy. Our people have no understanding of this, brothers and sisters, and we must we must keep that in mind. We must be considerate as it pertains to that. Our people don't know that they're being deceived, brothers and sisters. It took hundreds of years for us to be in the circumstance that we're in. This didn't happen in five years. This didn't happen in 10 or 20 years. This happened over a century, brothers and sisters, that this psychological hole have grabbed our people and held them, held them down, subdued them. Brothers and sisters, read that from the top, brother, please. <clears throat> Verse 6. I marvel 
that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Right. So if somebody else come with anything outside the doctrine of Christ, the, the gospel of Christ, the teachings from the disciples from Christ, let them be accursed. They will be held responsible, brothers and sisters. They will not get away. They will not get away, whether there are people or Gentile, an Edomite, an Hamite, an Ishmaelite. Nobody will get away, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Jeremiah. In the Old Testament, we're going to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. We're going to chapter 11. We're going to read 16 through 19. Jeremiah 11 and 16. The Lord called thy name, a green olive tree, fair and of goodly fruit. With the noise of a great tumult, he hath kindled fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. Right, the green olive tree, brothers and sisters. That's who? That's the children of Israel. Verse 17. For the Lord of hosts that planted thee hath pronounced evil against thee. Read that again, brother. For the Lord of hosts that, that planted thee hath pronounced evil against thee. For the evil of the house of Israel and of the house of Judah. To prove to you who the olive trees are. Which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger and offering incense unto Baal. Right. So based on the sins of Israel and Judah, brothers and sisters, we went into captivity. This is why we don't blame the white man. We don't blame anybody. Because the Bible is telling you the most high brought this on us. Read that again, brother, from the top, please. Verse 16. The Lord called thy name a green olive tree, fair and of goodly fruit. With the noise of a great tumult, he hath kindled fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. For the Lord of hosts that planted thee hath pronounced evil against thee. For the evil of the house of Israel and of the house of Judah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger in offering incense unto Baal. This is why we don't blame Gentiles, brothers and sisters, for our captivity. Even though we do identify their role in our servitude, we will do that. But we're not going to blame them, because initially... It was our fault. Initially, we were disobedient to the Most High, and that took away our protection. So we come at it from that standpoint. Go to the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 18. And the Lord hath given me knowledge of it, and I know it. Then thou showest show it, show it me their doings. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. He said that our people are like a lamb or an ox brought to the slaughterhouse. We're just going right into the place that's getting ready to kill us. And we have no we have no understanding. And a lot of those places are the church, brothers and sisters. Just like when you have a cow, they're being, you know, shepherded into a slaughterhouse. <laughs> they don't even realize what's getting ready to go on on the other side of that doorway. Read that one more time, brother. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they had devised devices against me. See, we, we had no clue that they sit around tables like the Pentagon and plan these agendas against us. We think it's coincidence when it's not. Nothing that you're going through, brothers and sisters, any of the 12 tribes is by coincidence. These are planned agendas, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. But I was like a lamb or an ox that... Is brought to the slaughter, and I knew not that they devised devices against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be no more in remembrance. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we're unaware of their plans through the healthcare system, of their plans through war, 
of their plans through gang activity in some of the areas like California. Uh, even when you go into some of the Hispanic countries, the, the gangs that's there, they've come into our people, divided them uh, based on colors. And now they take us, we take each other out, brothers and sisters. We're working against ourselves, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 19. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they had devised devices against me, saying, let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof. Let us destroy the tree using them. Let, let us use them to destroy themselves. And let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be, may be no more remembered. Right. Now it says they, Psalms 83 and 2, to identify who is the they. We need to know who the they is because the Bible exposes who they are. Psalms 83 and 2. For lo... Thy enemies make a tumult. And tumult means an uprising. And they that hate thee have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. Right. Read that one more time, brother. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. There's that they again, brothers and sisters. So they have planned this hundreds of years in advance, brothers and sisters. We're just now catching on. We just started reading books, brothers and sisters. There's more books, historical books, being bought all over the earth now that we've waken up, brothers and sisters. We're the ones buying up all the books. How do we know? Because when you go to some of these records, these records have been outpriced from most Israelites, brothers and sisters. We're talking about thousands of dollars, brothers and sisters. We had a brother tell us about it, you know, uh, a historical record that's over, well over $4,000. In order to get a, a good set of encyclopedias, it's well over $1,000, brothers and sisters. Why? When they were the only ones reading it, 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 it wasn't so. But now that we're reading, they're going to use their tools. They, they're the ones responsible for the publications, for the printing presses. So they're going to look, look to oppress us, brothers and sisters, and we're going to talk about who they are. Read verse 3, brother. Verse 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. And consulted against thy hidden ones. The hidden ones. Why is it calling us hidden ones? Because the world don't know that we're the children of Israel. Verse 4. They have said, come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Read that again. That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. So they're going to look to take away our identity, brothers and sisters. They're going to use their education. They're going to use their media. They're going to use every t their health care. To make sure that we never remember that we're the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. We're going to identify who the they is. Uh, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. Right. So it's not just the white man. You pointing to just the white man, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because it's more than a white man. Verse 6. The tabernacles of Edom. Now it's giving you the head. Who's the chief? Esau, the Edomites, the white man is the chief. Not all white people, but the government structure that they're using. And the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites, we know those are Arabs, brothers and sisters. Of Moab. We know that that's a family from, from the Arabs also. And the Hagarids. All of these are people from the Middle East, brothers and sisters. You ever notice that you have the Muslims playing a role, right, of blowing things up? They're actually working together, brothers and sisters. The Edomites... And those who they're claiming are blowing things up, they're actually working together to change laws for terrorism purposes. They call it domestic terrorism. So they're working together because this is going to trickle down on us, brothers and sisters. 
do we realize that they started to demonize Muslims right around the time we were waking up? How do Muslims look? Natural beards, right? Wearing those garments. The same thing we look like. So they want to demonize brothers of color with beards because we would start to dress the same way and act the same way and let our beards grow out. And they knew this was coming. So they said we need to demonize the people that look just like them. And so it will be easily transitioned over to, to the Israelites. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Verse 6. The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites of Moab and the Hagarans. Right. So why do we go here? Because without identifying the culprits, we will continue in the same cycle, brothers and sisters. And sisters. Now, other nations will say, forget about that. That was in the past. That was in the past. That was hundreds of years ago. Well, you know what? Are you going to forget July 4th, 1776? Or are you going to celebrate that every year? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So I should forget something that was going on after that time while you continue to celebrate July 4th, 1776. So you're in no position to tell us to forget what happened in the past. In fact, the Bible warned you against that. We're going to prove that. We're going to Job chapter 8, verse 8 to show you that the Bible tell us not to forget what happened in the past. Job 8, verse 8. <clears throat> for inquire, or for inquiry, I pray thee, of the former age. Of the what? The former age. So he's telling you, inquire of the former age. What's that? That's history, brothers and sisters. We're supposed to look at history, even though Gentiles want us to forget it. Forget it. The Bible's telling you to look to it, because the answer is there. Read that one more time, brother. For inquiry, I pray thee. Of the former age and prepare thyself to search of their fathers. Right. So prepare ourselves to search. We're supposed to look at the history, brothers and sisters. We're supposed to point to that. Any religious philosophy that tells you not to deal with your history is highly satanic, brothers and sisters, and in opposition to the doctrine of the Bible. Anybody who say, forget about your past, forget about the slaughter of your people, forget about the oppression, forget all of that. Forget that. See, anybody that's telling you that is against the Bible, brothers and sisters, we're going we're gonna to prove it. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 7, because this is what they tell us, especially Edomites. Forget about slavery. You wasn't a slave. Your mother wasn't a slave. See? And you, could, you couldn't even understand. You couldn't grasp the, implica the future implications, the spiritual implications of that. Even though I wasn't whipped and beat, that still had an implication on our people, brothers and sisters. Uh, read verse 7, brother. Deuteronomy 32 and 7. Remember the days of old. Forget slavery. Remember the days of old. Let bygones be bygones. Remember the days of old. Don't talk about that. Remember the days of old. See? So the Bible's telling you to remember what happened. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Remember the days of old. So we're commanded to remember the days of old, brothers and sisters. That's a command. Remember the days of old. Consider, consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee, thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance. Right, so we're not racist for exposing the culprits, brothers and sisters, because that's a term they'll float out there. If you point to the oppression and who oppressed us, they'll say we're racist. The Bible don't uphold that, brothers and sisters. He told us to look at our history. Think on what transpired so we could not to have venom towards you, but for us to change and understand that they're pushing the same, you know, they're pushing the same ideology. They're pushing the same blueprint, the same plan, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. 
when the most high verse seven, please. Verse seven. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. So I don't want to hear another Gentile tell me or my people to forget about what have happened, brothers and sisters. Because the Bible warned you against that. We're supposed to expose the culprits. Now, we understand initially it was our fault. But you went overboard. You, you went overboard. And the Most High is going to get you for that. You, you didn't just enslave us. You beat us. You whipped us. You swung us on trees. You separated us from our families. The same way they're doing to the Hispanics right now. Separating them. Putting them in cages. It's still going on. We see what's going on. And we're getting a plan together. The Most High is getting a plan together for us to rise. And we're going to need each other. Go to verse, excuse me, go to Jeremiah 11 and 19, brother, please. Follow us, brothers and sisters. The lesson is fighting to stay asleep. We read that our, the Most High, our God, put us in a deep sleep of slumber, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 11 and 19. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they had devised devices against me, saying, let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, uh, with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living. So this is what eugenics is about, brothers and sisters. This is what the vaccination program is about, brothers and sisters. This is what the gangs are about. We have to go into the history to expose the culprits. We have to look at the history of our forefathers, the prophets, in order to understand what these programs are about, brothers and sisters. We go into Revelations 17 and 5. We must identify it. And why are we going into this? Because our people need empathy. They need patience. Because they're under a deep trance, brothers and sisters. And it's going to take more than just truth to break this trance. Revelation 17, verse 5. And upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abomination of the earth. Right. So how, how is this wine spread, brothers and sisters, through the Roman Catholic Church? The Roman Catholic Church is pushing all of this, the satanic ideologies against our people, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. The mother of harlots, right? The Roman Catholic Church. All these different religions and ideologies come from the Roman Catholic Church, brothers and sisters. And abominations of the earth. Right. That's crystal clear. We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 7. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah chapter 5. We're going to read verse 7. Jeremiah 5, verse 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? How shall he forgive us for this? Thy children have forsaken me. And sworn by them that are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery. Spiritual adultery. And assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. Right, the harlot houses. The Bible referred to churches, these modern day churches, as harlot houses, brothers and sisters. Why? What's a harlot? A harlot is somebody who just lay down with anybody. See, so you can be a homosexual in the church, you can eat pork in the church, right? Anything you want to do, you can do in the church. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. This is how we forsook the Most High, brothers and sisters, by taking heed to other religious philosophies and ideologies of heathen nations. 
when I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot houses. Right. And this is referring to the many sects of Christians, uh, Christianity, brothers and sisters, Pentecostals, uh, Baptists. That is against the Bible. How are you going to have 20 different denominations of the truth? That right there was always alarming to me. If there's one Bible, one truth, then how is it all these different understandings? Read that one more time, brother. Seven, how shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. When I have fed them to the full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's house. Right. Jump to verse 25, brother. Please. Verse 25. Your iniquities have turned away these things. And your sins have withholding good things from you. What are some of these things that take place in these harlot houses? Read that one more time, brother. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholding good things from you. For among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that set his snares. They set a trap. They catch men. Right. So a lot of these churches, most of these churches, brothers and sisters, were set up strictly as a snare to our people. Brothers and sisters, strictly as a snare. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. For among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that set his snares. They set a trap. They catch men. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore, they have become great and waxing rich. Right. It says, and they've become great and waxing rich. Why? Because these Christian churches, the pastors are teaching for prosperity, brothers and sisters. That's why they're teaching. They're teaching for prosperity. That's what they teach. That's their doctrine is prosperity. God wants you blessed. God don't want you broke. God wants you to be rich. This is, their, this is their doctrine that they're teaching. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. For among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that set its snares. They set a trap. They catch men. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore, they are become great and wax and rich. Right. Jump to verse 31, brother. Now, what we must know is we've been broken, brothers and sisters. Our people have been broken through hundreds of years of psychological oppression. And a few scriptures is not going to undo centuries of psychological programming, brothers and sisters. A few scriptures is not going to break centuries of psychological oppression. Read that. Uh, read uh, 31, brother. Verse 31. The prophet prophesied falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? Right. So the fact that we have the truth is a miracle, brothers and sisters. The truth of the matter is, do you understand how much of a phenomenon it was that you know who you are? Sometimes when you get past a certain stage, you forget about how much of a miracle this actually was. The fact that we all know is a miracle, brothers and sisters. And we're going to prove that. We're going to Isaiah, uh, excuse me, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37, to show you how much of a miracle it was that even we have the knowledge. We're going to uh, read 1 through 4, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. The valley of dry bones. This is referring to the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. For us to, you know, for us to even know who we are, to be blessed to have the knowledge, brothers and sisters, is a spiritual phenomenon. It's a spiritual phenomenon that we've been awakened, brothers and sisters. Verse 2, and caused me to pass by them round about, 
And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Why are we dry? Based on our programming, brothers and sisters. So the fact that you have truth, this is not supposed to be possible. The way they've psychologically broken our people and oppressed them and put drugs in the communities, this should not be possible. That's why they're looking at us like, how are these people, how? How are they not broken yet? How? They've done everything they can do. You're not supposed to be awake, brothers and sisters. So we have to remember that when we go to our people. You're not even supposed to be awake. <laughs> Through everything that have transpired in direction of our people, it's a spiritual phenomenon. Verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. See, so he said, can these bones live? Can these the children of Israel rise again? He said, looking at our circumstance, I, I can't I can't imagine how. Because when you wake up, you actually see how bad, you know, how bad our circumstances are. When you're just a sleep slave, you don't even realize how detrimental our community is. When you wake up, you're like, wow. Wow. Usually when you, you know, you're not in the truth. You, you're just going about your day, you know, go to the club, smoke a little split. You're not even looking around, uh, you know, at what's transpiring as it pertains to not just you and your home, but our people in general, brothers and sisters. So based on our program. We should not have this knowledge, brothers and sisters. This is not supposed to be possible, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. <clears throat> and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Right, so we must take into consideration, brothers and sisters, that Satan has blinded the minds of our people on a mass level. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time. Verse 4. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Right, so our people, when they see that light in you, you have to understand that they're already programmed to view you as an enemy. Our own people have been programmed to view you as an enemy when you come with this light, brothers and sisters, and it's not their fault. This is what programming does, brothers and sisters. So we must be careful when bringing forth this information, because when you come with truth, you come with light, you're, they're programmed to view you as an enemy, brothers and sisters. And we're going to find that out today. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 3. 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. To show our people that we're lost. Read that again, brother. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. We're lost, brothers and sisters, under the darkness. The minds of our people have been blinded in this society, brothers and sisters. Remember, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, brothers and sisters. This is spirits that are utilizing our people. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. The God of this world, not the Most High, but the God of this world. Read that one more time, brother. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Right, and once you start to shine, they're programmed to view you as an enemy. And it's not their fault. And you have to understand that, brothers and sisters. You must be patient. You must be. You must show some level of empathy, some level of consideration. 
Because of why? We've been broken, brothers and sisters. We've been broken. So it's not about you and how much knowledge you have and how much scriptures you, you, you know. Our people have been broken. And you have to be able to identify with them. It's not about showing how much how they're wrong and how much knowledge we have. Our people are broke, broken, brothers and sisters, psychologically. And we must be able to identify with them. If you can't identify with the broken state of our people, then how much better are you than a Gentile? How much better are we than Gentiles if we can't identify with the spiritual state of our people, brothers and sisters? Go to uh, Ephesians, brothers, 6 and 12 in the New Testament. Fighting to stay asleep, brothers and sisters. Our people are fighting to stay asleep. Ephesians 6 and 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Even though it may be a family member or a close friend, brothers and sisters. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, so our people are in bondage to the programming of Satan, brothers and sisters. Still under the bondage of Satan. And Satan perfected that, that bondage while we slept. Read that one more time, brother. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And we have to understand that when we're dealing with our people, brothers and sisters. Because you can flat out pull out a scripture, Exodus 20 and 8, that say, uh, you know, the Sabbath is Saturday, observe that. And they're still rejected. So that should let you know that there's something deeper going on here when you can just reject <laughs> words off a book that you claim to follow. So we must identify that, brothers and sisters, and understand there's something spiritual going on here. So don't beat them over the head. Identify with them. Support them. Coddle them. Comfort them, brothers and sisters. Read that again. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 30. And the Tanakh, brothers and sisters, follow us. We're going, to, uh, we're going to read verse 8 and 9. Isaiah 30 and 8. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book. In a book? Now what book is this information documented in, brothers and sisters? Read that again. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. So... What book is this information documented, brothers and sisters? The Holy Bible. The Holy Bible, this information is documented in. So when people say, well, man wrote that book, my response always is, what book did man not write? Because you, you're saying that as if you have a book that man didn't write. Oh, okay, so I should put down this book and then follow the book you want me to follow that a man wrote. So when they hit you with that, brothers and sisters, you ask them, okay, so is there a book that man didn't write? You got a book? Because I, I would love to see that. I would love it. And if you don't, then pump your brakes. Because I'm not going to put down this book for your science book. The book that Darwin wrote, you know. The book that Homer wrote. I'm not following that mess. So I'll put down this book to follow another book that a man wrote. So what, what, you don't read newspapers, you don't read magazines, you don't read none of that, right? Because man wrote that. Read that again, brother, please. Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. That this is a rebellious people. So as much as we love to share truth, brothers and sisters, we must consider how rebellious our people are. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. 
that this is a rebellious people. Lying children. Lying children. What does that mean? That means our people are lying to themselves, believing that we can get into the kingdom while we're in our sin. So our people will just flat out lie to themselves. Read that again, brother. That this is a rebellious people. Lying children. Children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Right. See? So we're lying, lying to ourselves as part of the programming, brothers and sisters. We believe as long as we don't acknowledge the truth, then we're not accountable. That's what our people believe. As long as I don't acknowledge it as, as true, I'm good. You know, ignorance is bliss. I can do what I want as long as I don't acknowledge that. And that's not the truth. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. That this is a rebellious people. Lying children. Children that will not hear the law of the Lord. So you have to remember this, brothers and sisters, when you're dealing with our people. You must be patient. You must be considerate. Uh, that The Bible is saying these people are stiff-necked. These people are stiff-necked. They're hard-headed. They do not want to hear truth. They lie to themselves, brothers and sisters. We must keep all of this in mind. Sometimes I, I laugh when I'm dealing with people, you know, our, our people, and I see how they're just rejecting it. I can see in their mind when I'm explaining it, they understand, but they still reject it. And I'm just like, the Bible is right. We are a stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked. The Bible is right. And I don't fault our people for that because the Bible is substantiated that we that we lie to ourselves, we'll, we'll, you know, just to make ourselves believe that everything's okay. Go to Romans two and twelve, brother, to prove to you that ignorance is not going to save you. Romans two and twelve, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. Right. So <laughs> if you're rejecting this Bible. Because you don't want to believe it Because you want to continue to sin You're going to die like that You're still going to be judged Read that again brother For as many as have sinned without law Shall also perish without law And as many as have sinned in the law Shall be judged by the law So just because you look the other way Does not mean that a truck is not coming You can look the other way But you step out into that street You're going to get hit Doesn't matter if you look the other way no matter how much we try to run and hide, we are still held accountable. Brothers and sisters, read that again, Brother Corey. Verse 12. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. Right. Now go back to Isaiah 30 and 9. Isaiah 30 verse 9. That this is a rebellious people, lying children. Children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Right. They don't want to hear the law, brothers and sisters. We lie to ourselves. We don't want to be held accountable, brothers and sisters. And that's that's the fact of it. And we must take that into consideration as we learn better methods to share the knowledge that we have, brothers and sisters. I have no doubt that the only reason we're sharing this truth is because we love our people. And we want them to wake up to the richness of the richness contained in the Bible to know the truth. That's why we're sharing it. But you got to have patience and everybody can't do this because everybody's not patient. Brothers and sisters, everybody's not considerate. Brothers and sisters, everybody doesn't have empathy and humility and meekness. All of the tools that you're going to have to possess in order to be a great teacher. We're going to go to Romans 12 and two to buffer that point. Romans 12, chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 12, verse two, Romans 12 and two. And be not conformed to this world. Read that again, brother. And be not conformed to this world. So what we're going to realize is that our people love the way of this world, brothers and sisters. They love it. They love the religious theology that tells us we can sin as much as we want. Our people love that. 
brothers and sisters. Read that again. And be not conformed to this world. See, they love the fact that we can be homosexuals and throw away the dietary laws of the Bible. Our people love this. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, that acceptable and perfect will of God. Right. So there's no way possible that you can receive the truth and try to remain the same. And they understand that. They know that a change has to come. That's why they don't want to receive it, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our people don't want to be transformed, brothers and sisters. We love to be rebellious. The scripture previous just said that to us. So this has to be in your mind, brothers and sisters. You're dealing with a people who are a phenomenon. Because Ezekiel 3 tell you that if you would have took this truth to any other nation, they would have followed this. It's something about our people who you bring them and say, listen, rulership is right here. Nah, I'm good. You see these shackles on me? I'm good. Don't Please don't take off these shackles. <laughs> please. I want to be a slave. This is our people, brothers and sisters, and we must understand that. Read that one more time, brother. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good. Right. That acceptable and perfect will of God. Right. We're going to go to Isaiah 30 and 10. Doing a little bit of jumping, brothers and sisters. But this lesson is fighting to stay asleep, brothers and sisters, which is what our people are doing. Isaiah 30, verse 10, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us this is, things. This is what our people say. Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceit. See? See, our people don't want the truth. They're like, listen, sugarcoat it for me, you know? I, I want to jump for joy. All this doom and gloom. Law, oh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. No, t teach me lies. Teach me how to be a homosexual. And go to heaven. See, this is our people, brothers and sisters. This is exactly what our people want, and you have to know this. Read that again, brother Corey. Verse ten, which say to the seers, "See not," and to the prophets, "Prophesy not unto us right things; speak unto us smooth things." See, they want listen. Teach us to go back to sleep. Teach us. Listen, we want to go to sleep. We don't want to know about the oppression of the healthcare system. We don't want to know about the oppression of the police. We want to go to sleep. Teach us smooth things. <laughs> See? This is what our people want, brothers and sisters, and you must understand that. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Get ye out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel... Because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. See, so we trust in the oppression of the healthcare system. We trust in the oppression of the police. We trust in the oppression of the government, brothers and sisters. We are fighting to stay asleep, brothers and sisters. Our people are fighting to stay asleep. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Get ye out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. Right, and stay thereon, which means that's where we're comfortable at, brothers and sisters. So you have to understand it takes time for this to unravel this, brothers and sisters. It's not going to happen in a night. You're not going to bring them one scripture that proved they're Israel and then they're going to change everything tomorrow. It's not going to happen. 
And for you to believe that that's going to happen is showing your immaturity and your unskillfulness with the word, brothers and sisters. Because it didn't happen that like that for you. And it's not going to happen like that for most of us. For some people it did. But most of our people it's not going to work like that. So are you going to go all 12 rounds? Or if you don't get the knockout in the first round, you're going to give up. Because it's going to take all 12 rounds to get our people, brothers and sisters. You have to be willing to go the long way. No shortcuts when it comes to our people. Our people deserve that, brothers and sisters. And it's, it's imperative that you are those who have the truth, who have the, the, the riches, the riches of the truth or the understanding of the knowledge, that you utilize it skillfully, brothers and sisters. Why? Isaiah 59 and 15. Same book, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 59 and 15. Isaiah 59 verse 15. Yeah, truth faileth. Read that again. Yeah, truth faileth. And he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. See? So once you receive the light of the truth, you now become a target. Not only by the government, by our own people, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Yeah, truth faileth. And he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him. So remember, brothers and sisters, this is a spiritual battle. The spirits recognize those who have light, brothers and sisters. Why? Because those surrounding us love the coolness of the darkness, brothers and sisters. They love it. They love darkness. Because there's no responsibility. There's no accountability. Anybody who's not following the Most High God, I can understand why they want to be in the darkness. Because they want to do what they want to do. Nobody likes being told what to do, brothers and sisters. Nobody. It's not like we like being told what to do. We don't like it. Nobody likes it, brothers and sisters. But people love darkness. So when you wake up and you try to share truth, you're the enemy now. Now your name is being brought up in conversations that you're not aware of. Your family is talking about, yeah, you know. I think we may need to get that brother committed because something's going on. He ain't eating these ham hocks. He grew up on these ham hocks and these chitlins. See? So now, what happens now? Now that we know a target is placed on your back, what happens? Go to Matthew 10 and 16, because Christ prophesied this. Since we know that we're going to be a target, not only to the government and to Gentiles, but to our own people. Matthew 10 and 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Right. Wise as serpents. That means we must prove our, ourselves to be prudent, brothers and sisters. Because why? The prudence of a serpent is especially apparent in the quickness of its perception of danger, brothers and sisters, and the swiftness in which it escapes from it. So we must understand when you're about to cross that line, you're going too far talking to our people because these people are rebellious and they love lying. So you have to be wise to know, okay, hold on. The spirit ain't right. I ain't dealing with it. Uh, I'm going to just leave it alone for now. I'll come back to it next month. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And says harmless as doves. That means we must be peaceful. We must be compassionate. We must be tenderhearted. So we must know how to get away from danger quickly. We must be able to perceive danger. Before it even happens, and we must be tender-hearted, considerate, compassionate, meek, humble, peaceful. Because why? When you when you come into the truth, you're a target, brothers and sisters. Even with your own people. Remember, the Pharisees were our own people, and they delivered Christ up to be killed. 
So don't think because somebody is our people that, you know, they're in agreement with you now. They're not, brothers and sisters. So you must be, read it one more time, brother. <clears throat> I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go into how to be harmless as a dove and prudent as a serpent as it pertains to trying to awaken our people. Go to Romans, brother, 11, verse 8. We're going to the epistles, brothers and sisters, the epistles of Paul. Fighting to stay asleep. Romans 11, verse 8. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber. Read that again. God hath given them the spirit of slumber. We must be considered that the Most High put this spirit of slumber on our people, brothers and sisters. Eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. See? So truth is it's not just that you have to pull a scripture, brothers and sisters. It's more than that. And if you're not willing to go the extra route, then it's a good chance that you're not the one for the job. Because it's going to take more than just knowing scriptures, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that should not see and ears that should not hear unto this day. Right. So now we, if we know it's a spiritual problem... We must know it's a spiritual cure. It's not just you showing them a scripture. There's a spiritual cure, brothers and sisters. There's a trance that's there. Are people that are under a trance, brothers and sisters. They're under a trance. And it's not their fault, brothers and sisters. So it's going to take more than just truth to break this trance, brothers and sisters. And we must identify that. We must apply that, brothers and sisters. Go to Psalms 119 and 18, brother, to prove that. Psalms chapter 119, we're going to read verse 18. Psalms 119 verse 18. Open thou mine eyes. Read that again. Open thou mine eyes. So only Christ can open a man's eyes to perceive the beauty of the truth. Only the most high can open a man or woman's eyes to perceive the beauty contained in biblical text. Open thou mine eyes. That I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. See? So only the most high can give clarity to our spiritual vision, brothers and sisters. To illuminate my understanding. This is a prayer of saying, illuminate my understanding. Take away the evil. Take away the veil that's over my heart. This is not your job to open up people's eyes. It's the most high's job. And that's the problem. A lot of us want to do it through our hand. Well, let me show you this and let me show you that. That's not, you know, it's not your obligation to redeem people, brothers and sisters. Your obligation is to sow a seed. That's what your obligation is. It's the most high's job to redeem them and open their eyes up. Not yours. Read that again, brother. Verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. See? So when your eyes are open, you see the, the, the riches contained in the Bible. But the Most High put us to sleep. So the Most High have to open up our eyes. So I always tell young brothers, it's not always the right time for you to speak your truth. Even though it's the truth, just because it's the truth doesn't give you license to say it at that particular time, brothers and sisters. Because if you give it to them at the wrong time, you're going to actually ruin your chance. And we have to understand that, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Go to Psalms 13 and 3, brothers and sisters. 
We're going to stick in Psalms, chapter 13, verse 3. Psalms 13, verse 3. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Read that again, brother. Consider and hear me, O Lord, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes. Open my eyes. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. See, so without spiritual intervention, brothers and sisters, you can bring as much truth as you want. You can talk to you purple in the face. It's going to have no effect on them. Because the Most High haven't put them in a position to be open to it. So you'll be talking to a brick wall. Even You're bringing out all this deep knowledge. and they, <laughs> they don't care about anything that you're saying. Why? Because the Most High didn't put them in a position to open up their heart just yet. We have to recognize that, brothers and sisters. It's not because you may be doing something wrong or maybe they don't like the way you're bringing it. It has nothing to do with that. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's more about them. The Most High haven't opened their eyes just yet. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Right. See? So there's detrimental. There's It's damaging, brothers and sisters. The spiritual drowsiness has a damaging a detrimental effect, a dismantling effect on our lives, brothers and sisters. But sometimes the Most High have to break a person down first to humble them, then send you. So sometimes they haven't been humbled yet. You have to allow them to be humbled first, then the Most High will send you in. So it's not always the time for you to come out with the truth. Because if they're not in the right place spiritually, then it doesn't matter what you're talking about. The Most High have to bring them down low first. And then when he send you, they already low. So now they're open for what, what you're dealing with. But sometimes that haven't happened yet, brothers and sisters. Like there was a time for each and every one of us that we could have been teaching the same truth and you wouldn't have been into it at all because it wasn't your time to be awakened just yet, brothers and sisters. How do we know? Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To show you. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. See, so there's a season for everything, brothers and sisters. And it may not be a person's season yet to, to gain this truth, to gain this knowledge. And it's not your responsibility to tell them it's their season. That's something the Most High have to do. The Most High have to do things in their life to open up their heart so you have favor in their eyes. So we got to remember that too, brothers and sisters. It's not their time right now. When it's their time, they'll wait. You awoke when it was your time. You have to allow them, brothers and sisters, because sometimes the Most High have to break them down first. And then they'll accept the truth because they've been humbled. So we have to remember that, brothers and sisters. It's not always the season. Read that again, brother. Verse 1. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. Read that again, brother, please. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. See? There is a time for everything, brothers and sisters. But every time is not the time. And that's, the, that's where the discernment come in, brothers and sisters. You can't hit them with certain information that's going to cripple their faith, brothers and sisters. We have, to, we have to be responsible. We must be respectful. We must be humble. We must be meek. We must be considerate, brothers and sisters, because there's something going on spiritually that you can't view. That you pulling out a scripture, a Deuteronomy 28 and 68, is not going to change. 
And a lot of times we think because it's truth, they're going to receive it. But that's not true. Because it's a spiritual deep sleep, brothers and sisters. The Most High is responsible for this deep sleep. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read verse 14. Ephesians 5 and 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleep. Read that again, brother. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleep. See? Awake thou that sleepeth, brothers and sisters. Our people are fighting to stay asleep, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother Corey, please. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So wake up. See how destructive and damaging sin is, and walk away from it, brothers and sisters. The children of the Most High, the children of God, are asleep and they need awakening. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Right. And arise from the dead. So once we're awakened, brothers and sisters, there's a marked increase in interest in pleasing the Most High, brothers and sisters. We must be awakened to a new reality. Now, once we allow Christ to wake us out of sin, brothers and sisters, you must not fall back. Into that slumber, that way of old life, brothers and sisters. Once you get that wake-up call, do not hit the snooze button. Read that one more time, brother. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Right, awake thou that sleepest. Our people are in a deep sleep, brothers and sisters. And they need to be awakened. But everything has to be right. It's not just truth, brothers and sisters. Everything must be right. Go to 1 Corinthians 15 and 34, brother. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Fighting to stay asleep. 1 Corinthians 15 and 34. Awake to righteousness. Read that again, brother. Awake to righteousness. Shake off your spiritual slumber. And sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Read that one more time, brother. Awake to righteousness. See, awake from your sinful inactivity. Awake from your carnal intoxication. And sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. To show you that when you awake, that's when you stop sinning. While you sleep, that's a life of sin, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Right. It's a shame that there's people in our communities that have no idea of the truth of the Most High. That should be a shame, brothers and sisters. That's not a good thing. We should be ashamed of that. That our people are walking around, have no no idea who they are, no idea who the Most High is, no idea about the dietary law or the Sabbath or anything else. So it's our responsibility to make sure we are gentle and sensitive to that. And bring forth the truth, brothers and sisters. We're going to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. We're going to read 5 through 7. First Thessalonians 5, verse 5. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep. Read that again, brother. Therefore, let us not sleep. Read that again, brother. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. But let us watch and be sober. So Satan is looking to keep us in darkness, brothers and sisters. Why? Because darkness make it easier to sleep, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, from the top, please. Verse 5. Ye are all the children of light. And the children of the day, we are not of the night, nor of darkness. 
Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. See, so in darkness is where you sleep. In darkness is where people get drunk, brothers and sisters. So he's saying we're the children of light. We must act as if we're in the day, brothers and sisters. Because we all know what comes out at nighttime, brothers and sisters. Remember that song, Freaks Come Out at Night? <laughs> now, we're not talking about sexual freaks. We're talking about sinful freaks, brothers and sisters. That's where the sin get done. Under the cloud of darkness. So we must act as if it's daylight, brothers and sisters. Because why? We are the people of the day. We are the people of the light. We're going to go to Romans 13 and 11. Going back to the epistles, brothers and sisters. Romans chapter 13. We're going to read verse 11. Romans 13. This is the wake up call. And 11. And that, knowing the time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. To do what? To awake out of sleep. To do what? Awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Right. So Paul is suggesting that the pursuit of an ungodly lifestyle is tantamount to a spiritual coma, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of the sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Right. So our salvation, our deliverance, Christ is actually closer to when you first believe, when you first realize. It's even closer now. Verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Read that part again. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Read that part again, brother. And let us put on the armor of light. Read that part again, brother. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us put on the armor of light. Now, when we wake up, brothers and sisters, we get dressed. That's what happens. And Paul is telling us what to wear. Read that again, brother. Verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. See, when you wake up, you get dressed. And he's telling us what to wear, brothers and sisters. It's time to wake up. It's time for our people to wake up. It's time for us to use the skills that we have, the technique, the methods that we learn through scripture to help them in that awakening. I've seen certain things out there where, you know, you got brothers out there on the corners saying a white man's the devil. and call, In fact, they're calling out our own people. That's actually the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the ones who wanted to debate. And wanted to point you out for being wrong and evil. So what spirit are you coming in? Are you working for the work or working against the work, brother? Most of our older generation, they don't want to hear the white man is the devil. They went through that already. You don't think they was out there during the civil rights movement? Where were you at? So they don't need to hear that from you. Now, youngins, you know, 19, 20, they love that. They want to hear that. Because why? They like young bulls. They ready to rip something apart. So that works when you're dealing with youth. But when you're talking about those who are mature, those who are our elders, you can't come to them with that doctrine, brothers and sisters. In fact, you're going to turn them off. So you're actually working against the work by coming with that. Why not teach a message that everybody can receive? I have never heard a person say, well, you know, you don't call a white man the devil, so I can't learn with you. I've never heard a person say that. I've never heard a person say, well, because you don't cuss at me, I don't want to hear that. I've never heard it. So why not use a broad net, brothers and sisters, that everybody could receive? I had a brother tell me, you know, well, our people are in the ghetto, 
So you got to talk to them like they're in the ghetto. I'm like, nah, brother. No, you don't. Our people are educated. They may be in the ghetto, but you don't need to talk to them as a heathen for them to understand you, brother. I never heard a brother say, I need you to call me a nigra for me to understand you, brother. I need you to, I, I need that. I need you to call me a spick, brother, and, and then I'll listen to you. Doesn't work like that, brothers and sisters. We must be careful with this awakening because you could be responsible for turning a person off to the truth, brothers and sisters. If you claiming that you're in the truth, but your anger is out of control, they're not coming to the truth. Because if that's what the truth is, <laughs> then I don't want anything that you have. And we have to be aware of that, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we will be responsible for those that we push away from the truth. We will be responsible for that, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 60, chapter 60, verse 1. Follow us, brothers and sisters. That was the wake up call. Isaiah 60 and 1. Arise. Read that again. Arise. Wake up. Shine. Rise and shine. For the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. See? Now when that light comes, we must respond to it, brothers and sisters. Because why? Darkness is for lying down. Light is for rising up, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 1. Arise. Shine. For the light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Right. So first we receive God's light. It says your light has come. And then we have a service to put forth. It says arise, shine. See? So first we get the truth and then we shine. Read that again, brother. Arise, shine, for the light has come. See? So we've received God's light. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Right. So once you receive the light, arise and shine. That's your service to the Most High, to shine. For our people, righteously, respectfully, in meekness and humility, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of you brothers, uh, the sisters too, have a grave responsibility to take part in this awakening. But you must be skillful. You must have many methods there's old people, older people, especially people from the South, that what they say is there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> so there's more than one way to deliver this truth, brothers and sisters, not through the way of forcing. Take, take this. It's truth. You're going to take this. That's not going to work for everybody, brothers and sisters. It'll work for some people, but for the majority, it's not going to work. We must learn other methods and be, become more crafty, more prudent as it pertains to delivering this message, brothers and sisters. Brother Corey, can you read Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, one more time? Verse 1. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Right. So you do have a responsibility to shine, to arise. Arise means wake. Wake up. Rise and shine, brothers and sisters. So the Most High is going to utilize us as an instrument of righteousness. Now, we must be usable, though. We must not be spoiled. If you're spoiled, that means you're no good. You cannot be spoiled, brothers and sisters. None of us, including myself. We're going to go to Proverbs 20, verse 13. Wisdom, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 20 and 13. Love not sleep. Read that again, brother. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. So any entrepreneur or business owner, brothers and sisters, will tell you, one of the simplest rules for success is to hate sleep, brothers and sisters. 
Hate sleep. Read it again, brother. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Why? Because you'll become spiritually impoverished, brothers and sisters. If you love being spiritually asleep, you will be spiritually impoverished. Read that one more time, brother, please. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Right. So we must be diligent in attendance to the duty of our calling, brothers and sisters. Now, what's the duty of our calling? We're going to go to Isaiah 42. Isaiah chapter 42. We're going to read verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 42, verse 6. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of my people, of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. For a light of the Gentiles, not just physical Gentiles, but our people were also called Gentiles when we had no knowledge of who we are, brothers and sisters. So he's given us as a light to those who are following heathenistic customs. Verse 7, to open the blind eyes. To do what? Open the blind eyes. What's the business of our calling? To open the blind eyes. To bring out the prisoners from the prison. And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Right. So this is your responsibility. This is your prerogative, brothers and sisters. But don't become arrogant. Don't become egotistical. Don't become pompous and patronizing, brothers and sisters. Even though you have the responsibility, you must stay humble, brothers and sisters. Why? We're going to show you. Go to Isaiah 45. And 22. We must always remember this first. Isaiah 45 verse 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. See, so look unto the most high to be delivered. Not to you. You're not going to deliver anybody. I'm not responsible for delivering anybody. You have to look to the most high. So we have to make sure that first. That people are not looking to you to be a savior because that's not who we are. We're just servants. We're messengers, brothers and sisters. You want them to look to the most high. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. See? So it's not about you. It's actually about the most high. And usually if we keep that in mind, we unconsciously come in the spirit of meekness, brothers and sisters. So you must humble yourself and make yourself small, brothers and sisters. We're nothing but servants. And people can discern the intent of your heart. Is it about you showing that I'm wrong? Is it about you showing you have knowledge? Or is it because you love me? Mm-hmm. And see, that's where we have to come from. I love you. And I want you to be able to see the beauty in this scripture. I want you to be empowered. I want you to have your rulership. It's not about me telling you you're wrong here and wrong there. Because if they feel that on you, they're going to reject you, brothers and sisters. Because it's, it's really about you showing your deepness. You're not coming in love. You're not doing this because you care about me. So when you come to them, you tell them, I love you. And I want you to get what's rightfully yours, righteously. So I, I feel compelled to share it with you. Not with, you know you ain't supposed to be doing this and doing that. And let me show you this and let me show you that. Because they could... They can discern the intent of your heart is really to show them that they're wrong and to show that you're right and you know some precepts. It's not because you care about them. And they can feel that, brothers and sisters. So we must be humble. We're going to show you the Bible says so. John 3 and 30 in the gospel. John chapter 3, verse 30, brothers and sisters. John 3, verse 30. 
He must increase, but I must decrease. Read that again, brother. He must increase, but I must decrease. See? So it has to be more about the most high and less about you. You have to make yourself small. Listen, I'm just a servant. I, you know, I just wanted to share this with you because God, he wants you to rule. He wants you to have your power. He want to empower you. Not because I, I'm deep and I've known I'm Israel for a decade. It's not about that. And if you make it about that, they're going to reject it. Read it again, brother. Verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. So what does this mean? You have some people, brothers and sisters, who want to win. Then you have some people who want to be the reason why we win. There's a difference, brothers and sisters. Some people want to be the reason why we win. They don't want to just win. They want to be the reason why. They want to be the cherry on the top. I must be responsible for you having this knowledge. Read it again, brother. He must increase, but I must decrease. Right? So is it about you being right? Or are you genuinely looking to help somebody progress spiritually? Why? Because if you come in love, there's a difference in your speech. There's a difference in your tone. There's a difference in the cadence of your voice, and they can feel it. So what is this really about? Is this about you showing me how much you change and how much you know? Or are you really trying to spare my soul from the hellfire, from the brimstone? There's a difference, brothers and sisters. Some people want to win and some people want to be the reason why we win. I want to hit the game winning shot. And if I can't hit the game winning shot, if I can't be the reason, we all just lose. That's how a lot of people are, brothers and sisters. And they can feel it spiritually. They can feel it. It's about you showing that you know more than them. It's about you showing that their pastor is wrong. And it's not about that. It's about them genuinely getting the understanding of truth so they can be happy. Because you cannot be happy without truth, brothers and sisters. I spoke to a brother this week who told me, um, you know, he, he tried to commit suicide here this last month. And this brother, same brother I spoke to before, he was telling me, you don't need to follow the law. And I, I said, brother, you know, respectfully, you know, um, I identify with you, brother. But the only thing that's going to make you happy is obedience to the most high, brother. Because it seems as all the people who don't follow the law are the ones looking to kill themselves. So you would think that when you do what you want to do, that you're, you're happier. And that's not the case, brothers and sisters. There's only one thing that make a man or a woman happy. There's only one thing that pleases a man or woman, and that's pleasing their creator. That's the only thing. You can trace happiness in, through drugs and money and women, but that's not going to make you happy. It's only one thing that's going to make you happy, and that's pleasing he who created you, brothers and sisters. So what? Read it one more time, brother. He must increase, but I must decrease. Right. And why are we saying this? Because our people, sometimes we get mad because we can't bring our family member to Christ. When that's not your responsibility, it's not about you. It's not about you. And see, that's the problem. A lot of our people, they want to be the reason why somebody come to Christ. And that's pride right there. That's arrogance. That's smugness, brothers and sisters. That's what that is. It's not about you. It's about them, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Go to John 4 and 37. Just, a, just one chapter over. We have to keep this in mind, brothers and sisters. John 4 and 37. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. So this is saying, this expresses, you know, something of the bitterness of human disappointment. 
He's telling you that you may just be responsible for planting the seed. Somebody else may reap it. Somebody else may water. You plant the seed. And then maybe in six months, somebody else will drop some of that same knowledge that you were dropping, and it'll bring it together. But you're not always going to reap the benefit. Read it again, brother. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reap. Right. So a lot of our people, they're angry because they can't bring somebody the truth. And it's not, that's not your job. That's not my job. My job is to plant a seed. Sow a seed. So one man may preach the gospel with little apparent effect, right? Another succeeding him may be crowned with imminent success. So you're actually working together. You may say something to a sister that she hears again in six months and now she's interested. You may not reap it, but it's not about you. And if it is, that's why you didn't reap it, because it was about you and not about them. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 37. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reap it. So one takes a great deal of pains to procure that which another one will reap the benefit for. And that's okay. We must be patient and long-suffering. It may not be supposed to be you that's bringing them to the truth. The only thing you have to do is plant a seed. Plant a seed and somebody else will water it sometimes, brothers and sisters. And that's what we have to realize. You're not going to bring people to truth in one day, brothers and sisters. Just drop just drop little jewels on them. Because you bring up the Sabbath. Next year, somebody else may be bringing up the Sabbath. They're like, you know what? My cousin told me that. Let me look into that. See? Even though somebody else is going to reap it, that's okay. You did your part. That's it. It's not your responsibility to bring everybody to Christ. It's not my responsibility to bring everybody to Christ. I've spoken to people and you know, years ago, and then they heard it again somewhere, and then they went and learned it somewhere. Not from me, but that's okay. It doesn't make me any never mind whether they learn in here or in Canada. As long as they get the truth, that's all that matters. As long as their soul is in the kingdom, that's all that matters. We don't need to be the reason why we win, brothers and sisters. As long as we win, doesn't matter who takes the last shot, brothers and sisters. Doesn't matter. And that's the spirit we have to come into, brothers and sisters. We must be patient and long-suffering. Read that again, brother. Verse 37. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. Right. See? So you may be just there to sow a seed. That's it. That's it. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about a seed? Because the Christian church will tell you that's talking about money. Let's see what the Bible has to say. Luke 8 and 11. When it's talking about sowing a seed, is this talking about money? Is this talking about tithes and offering, brothers and sisters? Luke 8 and 11. Now, the, now the parable is this. <clears throat> now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Read that again, brother. The seed is the word of God. Read that again, brother. The seed is the word of God. So don't allow these Christian pastors to make you believe when the Bible says sow a seed. It's talking about economic, you know, pick money, brothers and sisters. This is not what he's talking about. He's talking about you sowing a seed of the word. You may teach a brother just one thing, the Sabbath. That may be the only thing you teach him and that lead them on to the truth. You may teach him one thing about the rapture. You may teach him about the dietary law. You may only teach him one thing. That may give him a jump start. You don't know. But you're not responsible to guide somebody all through life. Your responsibility is just, my responsibility is just when you have the opportunity, when somebody allow you to teach him. Because you can't teach somebody unless they allow you, brothers and sisters. Just drop a seed on them and water it. Let somebody else water it. 
A lot of our people want to be the reason why people come to the truth. And as long as that's the reason and the intent of the heart is never going to happen because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about them, brothers and sisters. We must realize that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. That's crystal clear. Now that we know that, let's go to Matthew 13 and 3. To the parable of Christ. Now Christ used this parable to explain to his followers how there are different responses to the truth of the gospel. There's different responses, brothers and sisters. We're going to go through those different responses that you may get from your friends, your family, from our own people. Matthew 13 and 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. Now, it says the wayside. Read that again, brother. Some seeds fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. What is this saying? This is saying that there are some that hear the word, but never meditate upon it, brothers and sisters. They never lay it upon their hearts. They never cover it with second thoughts. See? So there's some people, they'll hear it, but they're not really computing it, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell into stony places. Read that again. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth. And forth what they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. So when it talks about the stony places, the stony ground, you'll have some that they received the seed of the world with a, a flash of enthusiasm. But that enthusiasm quickly burns out. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forth what they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Right. So many have an immediate favorable reaction to the word of God, but they'll give it up quickly when it becomes difficult, brothers and sisters. That's what this is talking about. This is going over the different responses of you delivering this truth, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forth what they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell amongst, among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Read that again, brother. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But right, others- so, right, so brothers and sisters, when it talks about thorns, what is this talking about? You'll have some that they receive the word, but they allow the interest and the cares of the world to choke it out, brothers and sisters. So these are different. These are different responses to you giving this truth, brothers and sisters. Examine this. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse eight. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. See? So right here is an example of three different ways of how it could be, uh, you know, how it could not be, how it could not take root, how people could be resistant against it. But then you also have that good ground, brothers and sisters, and that thing multiply 300 times, 600 times. Why? Because you give it to one person and that one person, they give it to one person. Then that one person give it to five other people. Then those five people give it to 50 people. So there's many ways for this not to be effective, but there also is a way for it to be effective, brothers and sisters. 
And we have to be able to realize that everybody who hear this truth is not going to receive this truth. It may not be their time, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Mark chapter six. We're staying in the gospel, brothers and sisters. Mark six. Uh, we're going to read verse four. Mark six, verse four. Now examine this, brothers and sisters. Examine this. But Christ said unto them, <clears throat> a prophet is not without honor. But in his own country and among his own kind and in his own house. Right. Look at that, brothers and sisters. So Christ said that a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country amongst his own people, brothers and sisters. Why? So everybody will listen to you, but your own family. Why is that? Look at this. Everybody else will listen to you. But when you bring it to your own family, your own friends, they reject it. Why? Because they have certain prejudices. The familiarity with you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. But Christ said unto them, A prophet is not without honor. So they're honored everywhere. But in his own country, and among his own kind, and in his own house. Right. See? So your kin, your kind, your family, brothers and sisters, will reject it coming from you. Everybody else will respect it, but when you bring it to your family, they're going to reject it. So the Bible tell you prophets or teachers are people, the light, are usually common, you know, are commonly least regarded and almost envied in their own city. These people grew up amongst you, brothers and sisters, right? So a lot of times you'll get the respect and everybody else will hear it. But when you bring it to mom, you bring it to dad, you bring it to your auntie, see? Everybody else will respect it but them. Jump up to verse one, brother. Verse one. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Read that again, brother. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. So I pull this out right to a script, uh, Christian and say, Christ was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. This is in the New Testament. I pull the scripture right out. This is Christ. This is Christ. You got something to combat that? Of course you don't. Read that one more time, brother. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? Now look at this, brothers and sisters. And what wisdom is that which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Right. So they're saying, how did you get this knowledge? The same thing your family is saying. Who, who taught you? <laughs> Where do you get this information from? I know you. I raised you. I changed your diapers. Who do you think you are? Who, where did he get this wisdom from? Where did he learn? Where did he get the power to heal? Look at this, brothers and sisters. Examine this. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is that was this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand? Now examine this next scripture, brothers and sisters. Verse 3. Is not this the carpenter? See? Look at this. So now they're bringing his tradesmanship. They're like, hold on. So because of his relations, according to his humble condition, they're like, this man is a carpenter. Who do you think he is? You work at the car wash. See? This is your family. Who do you think you are? You take out trash for a living. Now you want to teach me the Bible? See? Read it again, brother. Verse 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? The brother of James and, jo and Joseph and of Judah and Simon and are not his sisters here with us. 
and they were offended at him. See, so now they're saying he, this brother don't have the proper academics or religious credentials. This is your family, brothers and sisters. This is your friends. These are the people in the city that you grew up with. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Look at this. See? So, familiarity. They like, I know you, man. I was raised around you. Who do you think you are? Yep. Where you, you ain't got no education. See? <laughs> oh, oh, now you a doctor now. Now you a doctor. You ain't no doctor. See? So, there's going to be resistance, brothers and sisters, when you come to your own kin, those of your own blood. Your family, your friends, those who know you, brothers and sisters. Why? Because it's hard to talk to people who've known you for a long time, especially about spiritual matters. Why? Because they think they know you. And they don't. Because when you're, you know, when you're born again, like some people, they say, and I, they, they kill me with this. No, 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 excuse me. They don't kill me with it. But I, it's hilarious to me. You know, certain people say, well, that's just the way I am. I've always been like that. I'm like, okay. Well, where does the, where's the born again part at? Where's that come into play? Well, I've always been like this. You wearing that like it's a badge. I thought you were, where's the change come from? Huh? See, and this is the problem, brothers and sisters. I want you to examine how they brought up his job. They're like, isn't this the carpenter? <laughs> now all of a sudden he got deep knowledge. See? This is what happens, brothers and sisters, and you must be ready for resistance when it comes to dealing with people that's close to you, brothers and sisters. It's a tragedy. It's a travesty. Nonetheless, it's a reality. Read that again from the top, brother. Verse 1. <clears throat> Verse 1. And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is that which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James? See, so they're like, hold on, we know your mama. Now you're trying to teach me stuff. Boy, I know your, I know your granddad. What are you talking about right now? See? Look at this, brothers and sisters. Examine this. See? We, we, was, we was raised with you. you. Who you think you is now? Now you better than somebody? Huh? See? Continue, brother. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? And are not, and not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Right. Now they're offended. Because they're like, bro, we know your family. We know you. You don't have no deep knowledge. You, you have no education. You're a carpenter. You don't tell me what to do. See, this is what happens, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse four. But Christ said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. See, brothers and sisters. So understand you're going to be met with resistance a lot, especially for those who are familiar with you because they think they know you when they don't know you because you changed. You're born again. They don't know you, but everything in their mind says I was with you. I was raised with you. We play games, Xbox, you know, skateboard together, pogo stick. Now all of a sudden you got deep knowledge. You a carpenter. <laughs> you a janitor, brother. See? So it's not you, brothers and sisters. This was prophesied, and you must understand this, brothers and sisters. Our people are fighting to stay asleep, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 9, and we're going to close here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 
We're going to read verse 19, brother, through 22. First Corinthians 9 and 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. See? So we must become a servant to these people, brothers and sisters, our people. So you can gain souls. You must serve them. You must come to them in the position of a servant, not as a teacher and an authority. And let me tell you, because this, that, and the third, and I've been learning online, and I've been doing this and doing that. No, I'm, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to give you what you need, you know, to elevate yourself spiritually. That's the spirit that we come in. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. That I might gain the more. Examine this, brothers and sisters. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law. And that I might gain them that are under the law. So look at this. What he's saying is we must become skillful at delivering the word, brothers and sisters. We must utilize different techniques depending on who it is we're trying to reach. So he said, when I come to the Jews, listen, I got my fringes on. I know, you know, I'm come to it like that to identify with him. Now, when I come to a Gentile, whether physical Gentile or mental Gentile, I need to identify with that. You cannot come with the same technique and method and expect everybody to receive it like that. You're unskilled. You, you have no skill with the word. You have one way. <laughs> you only have one way to do this. And he's telling you in order to become a great, uh, you know, a great example. To be able to share what you know, you have to be able to use different techniques depending on who you're talking to, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. See? So this is teaching you, brothers and sisters, you must have many methods. You must know more than one way to skin the cat, brothers and sisters. You cannot deal with the youth the same way you can deal with the elders. You can't deal with the Hispanics the same way you're going to deal with the Judeans. You cannot deal with Gentiles the same way you're going to deal with Jews. So you must become skillful. We must become skillful, brothers and sisters, in learning different techniques and how to give information out, brothers and sisters. And a lot of time you have to actually act like you're not trying to teach them something. Because if you seem like you're trying to give them some knowledge, they're going to reject it all the way. No, nah, he's trying to teach me something. No, no. So it's actually got to be camouflaged almost, brothers and sisters. We, we, it casually. We must, this is your service. This is what we study for, brothers and sisters. This We don't just study so we can share the truth and go tell people this, that, and the third. We got to continue to perfect that craft. Because no matter who you're in front of, you may have to use a different technique for them, brothers and sisters. You cannot come to your grandmother the same way you want to come to a brother that's 22. It's not going to work. And vice versa, brothers and sisters, vice versa. You can't come to an Edomite or, you know, a Hamite the same way you can come as an Israelite, brothers and sisters. And you're lazy if you think that you're going to be able to utilize one way of teaching to gain everybody. That's lazy. That's lazy. You got to have respect for the work, respect for the position that the Most High put you in. 
and perfect that craft, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was fighting to stay asleep, brothers and sisters. Today we contextualize the the ramifications, the the damage, the detrimental aspects of staying spiritually drowsy, brothers and sisters. We want to say Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.